Welcome everybody, this is Davis, live from Channel 8 TV Podcast Studio. I can't even speak up because I'm so excited to have what I call family to me. <laughs> I'm talking about the lovely Danielle and the dad, Mr. David. Welcome to the program. Welcome, welcome, David. Good to see you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Danielle, I know you don't like to speak, but we had to make you speak. Welcome. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good, it's going good. Yeah, for those of you that are tuning in live from all over the world, uh, this is Davis uh, at the podcast studio, and we are honored and honored and honored to have the special guests we have today. You know, Danielle is seriously very, very accomplished. You know, she's very skilled, and I don't want to wrongfully introduce you because I know you, you know, you're, 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 the staff is just like, the list is so long that I want to do it justice to where you can introduce yourself. And then after that, I'll have your dad speak and introduce himself. So, Danielle, welcome to the program and please share with our viewers and our listeners out there who you are and just a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a Taekwondo athlete. I spent a large majority of my career fighting for the United States. And then mm -hmm. after winning world championships, I switched over to fight for Ghana. Right. Um, since I'm lucky enough to have dual citizenship, I really thought that it was important to see if I could represent that side of my heritage, really, and yeah. kind of bring their program up a little bit. Um, I've won world championships, made, I don't know, six or seven collegiate national teams, <laughs> um, a you bunch of so AAU casually, teams. Man, like, like it's nothing. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what the numbers are. You're like, all your yeah. accomplishments, and I was like, oh, no. Right, 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 right. I won some stuff. But but you're very young. Like how how do you feel being in that position where you know you you've done so much for the country and 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 then you know whether we recognize it or we don't. How do you feel being in that position with what you've done? You know, I heard um, it was one of the astronauts. Like I don't want to misquote who it was, yeah. but they said that coming back from space was kind of like that scene at the end of the Lord of the Rings yeah. when the hobbits are all sitting there and there's the party all around them. Yeah, and everybody is like, oh yeah, like nothing's changed yeah everything's still the exact same and they're sitting there like wow we just saved everyone but yeah. it's just really you go off and you do something fun or what other people consider great and you come back and it's really just like life is normal wow wow before we get back to you i want to make sure that we introduce david uh, david has played a very significant part in your life not just being your dad but just a phenomenal dad but yeah. because without him there wouldn't be you yes so so not just physically but i'm talking about coaching you and and preparing you for your journey, right? So, David, please introduce yourself for the listeners out there. Again, thanks for having us. Um, I'm a 30-year firefighter. Yeah. That's what I spent most of my life doing. Uh, ended up getting uh, hurt uh, a few years ago. Now I'm pretty uh -huh. much disabled. But um, kind of early in that uh, time, around uh, late 90s, Danielle mm -hmm. decided she wanted to do Taekwondo. Yeah. Along with my other daughter, and I'm like, oh, great, something, yeah. <laughs> some, something else to, to do. Yeah, and yeah. it's weird because she fell in love with it. Yeah, and she started competing, and I mean, just became you know one of the best fighters. And I didn't do it, and then one day I was at telling her, you know, I think I can help you because I know what your coach wants you to do. Yeah, and she goes, yeah, you don't do you, this, you don't. so <laughs> you can't. So I took that as a personal challenge. Right. So And uh, since then, you know, I ended up getting my black belt, yeah. uh, started coaching Danielle in around 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, ups and downs, and lucky enough that she was a phenomenal athlete. 2009, Absolutely. Absolutely. she won uh, world championships, which, you know, n no knock on the Olympics. Yeah. 
but winning world championships in Taekwondo is the most difficult thing to yeah, ever to do. Yeah. do. And explain yeah. about that because a lot of uh, uh, in layman terms, right? You know, for me, when I hear the Olympics and the world championships, like I'm, I'm confused. I don't know because I'm not from that part of the world. I understand it just because you know I have a history with you guys, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But what is the difference between you know a Olympic champion and a world champion. Well, Olympics is it's di- it's more difficult to get into it because yeah. they combine divisions. Right. And so if you're unlucky enough to be the wrong weight, right. you don't really have a chance to get in there. I see. And then you can go into the Olympics lose your first fight and go through what's called repechage or kind of a second chance. Right. And win a fight and get a bronze medal. Mm. Uh, world championships is every division. It is the best in the world. When I you see. make that team, you are the best in your country. I see. And then you go to the Olymp or go to the world championships, yeah. and now you've got the best of every division. And in her division, there were fifty six different countries. That's that's insane. And six fights. Wow. And to be the best. That's insane. Now, how old were you, Danielle, when when you became the world champion? Uh, I don't really, 20, 27. like, I don't know how old I am now. You don't? <laughs> That's right. 27. 27. So your dad keeps up with the numbers and you don't. I'm not a detailed person. Yeah. So yeah. How, how do you feel physically now? Um, Not too bad. I'm like, I'd like to make one more run at the Olympics yeah. uh, representing Ghana. The last couple yeah. of years have been rough. I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia a while back. Wow. Um, so that kind of kicked me to the curve for a, a bit. bit. It's It's been a little bit of a struggle trying to figure out the right ways and the right... Um, yeah. Like I've changed for anyone that knew me, I was like a junk food kid. Like I live on candy you know, and chocolate I, I was, and I was going to say that because even now you look, you look more lean. Yeah, um, I lost about 30 pounds. And, and I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, yeah. is it the hair? Is it the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure it out. But, uh, you know, um, honestly, when you look at your journey, yeah. who has played the most influence in your life when it comes to, you don't have to say your dad just because he's here, but when it comes to balancing you, you know, your craft and who you are. Um, I would say definitely my dad, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I knew the answer. but yeah. I, I, Especially I, with him being a firefighter when I was a kid. Like, yeah. that mentality that, like, when something dangerous is happening yeah. or when you're doing something. Like, he was always so pumped when there was a fire. Like, I remember yeah. being a kid and my mom, like, freaking out when there was, like, this arsonist. Mm-hmm. And every day my dad came home, like, the happiest ever because he got to run into a fire and do something, like, dangerous yeah. that everybody's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, for me, when I started fighting and people were like, are you insane? Like, you want to get hit? I was like, yeah, right. this is fun. Are you kidding? Did you like, ever fight boys growing up? Oh, yeah. 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 That was that was so fun. Did, did you take it like it's a personal challenge just because it's a boy who kicked you? Or uh, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of times they would be very insulted that I thought it was okay to fight them. Yeah. So going into a lot of the fights, there would be a lot of coaches. Like there was this one guy. Yeah. He always wore cut off sleeves. Like he looked like the bad guy in Karate Kid. It was right. the best for me growing up because I was like, I know who the bad guy is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I fought one of his guys. Well, yeah. two of his guys in a row actually because there were no um, female athletes to fight at the competition. Yeah. And he just had this first kid, and he brought his entire school to sit around the ring. And he's like, watch this little girl get beat. Yeah, and, and I, and, and, and I want to talk about that, yeah. you know, because, you know, not everybody has the, the opportunity to see you, to meet you in person. So you're not as big as you could imagine. You're not tall. You're not Yeah, I'm huge. pretty tiny. You know, you're pretty tiny. But to watch you, you know, flip people up and, you know, toss them in different directions. I mean, where do you get the strength? You know, I, I'm... If I'm listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm expecting you to have like muscle and all that stuff, you know. So wh- how do you, you know, contain that energy and, and, and the efforts to do the things that you're able to do? Um, I think that a lot of people just 
it's not that other people can't fight, yeah. but a lot of people are naturally gifted for fighting. And I think 100%, it's one of the things that mentally I was naturally gifted for. Like, I'm not a big person. I'm 5'3", 116, like, on a good day. Right. Um, yeah, that 5'3 is pretty iffy. <laughs> and I've, I've never really had the advantage in height or necessarily even power. My entire career, I had to spend a whole bunch of time lifting. I think I right. spent more time in the gym than any female athlete in Taekwondo by far across really? any weight division. Yeah, because, I mean, I had to be big. Um, yeah. All the other athletes that were fighting 116 pounds had me by at least five or six inches. My first fight at World Championships was Senegal. Oh, Egypt. No, Egypt. Egypt. And she was, oh yeah, Egypt was my first fight. But that one, that one uh, was short. That's more on an international level, right? Well, everywhere. Everywhere. Like, everywhere, if you're fighting 116 pounds, you're at least 5'6". Wow. So and, and how tall are you? I'm 5'3"-ish. Look at you, like, I'm 5'3". That's a, that's a beautiful five, thing three, because yeah. you're able to do the impossible, right? You know, and, and that's that's um, that's important for me to to mention, you know, the physical structure of, you know, how you're built and everything else. So that leads me to think that it's not about, uh, you know, our, you know, we're not limited by how God created us. Right. So you have a different passion about humanity, which is like taking care of kids. Yeah. Um, you know, to watch you just work with kids, it's, it's, a, it's a beauty to watch because, you, you know, you you don't have kids yourself, but yeah. you just have the passion to you know, to, to love kids and just nurture them and, and inspire them and stuff like that. When did that develop for you? Um, growing up, my mom always ran daycare centers and always worked with kids. Like, she's always yeah. just had a passion for working with kids. So that definitely rubbed off on me when I was growing up. Like, I helped out in the child care center when mm -hmm. I was old enough. Um, but really just, I think, the team that I trained with growing up, like, yeah. they were all, like, three or four years younger than me. And then yeah. they all had little siblings. So we were always with those little guys. Yeah. And it just struck me as so weird that a lot of adults don't know how to talk to children. Yeah. Like, they kind of forgot that when they were a child, they were still a person. You don't have to baby talk a nine-year-old. Yeah. They're, they're a human. They have their own personality. And just helping kids to really develop at that age, it's it's so hard. Yeah. And David, uh, you know, having having girls, you know, like I do, I have one girl and one boy. Um, in your mind, is it easier to mentor the girls or the boys? Um. I don't know. You know, people always say, well, aren't you going to try and have a boy? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yeah, I've right. got a daughter who fights. Right. And another one who plays every sport she can play, including Nick football. Is, Nick is bad. So, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You know, I, I came from a big family. Yeah. So, in all reality, I really didn't want to have, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of kids. Yeah. And, you know, I could never ask for any more than what you know what God they've given me. Yeah. i mean you know my wife's not a big sports person mm -hmm. um and you know i am i've always been a big sports person yeah and you know my daughters are doing the things that you know yeah <laughs> even i could never do so you know pretty good i also want to correct one thing she was 24 when she won worlds 24 <laughs> oh that's 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 I even it, yeah. that's even worse <laughs> 24 yeah. i mean um, i can't i can't even remember what i was doing at 24 i think i was still trying to figure out how to mature you know mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're a world champion at 24 so danielle like what are some of the challenges in your life in life that you've faced you know that you think you know you wish you could change but then you learned from it and moved on um I think when I first started fighting, being small was super frustrating to yeah. me. Um, and I think that really as I started to develop as a fighter and probably not until I was like 18 or 19, yeah. when I really started running into like bigger fighters in the international game, did I realize that I kind of had more of a mental skill when yeah. it came to fighting. I really thought about things deep into the matches. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, 
you can, everybody's fast, everybody's strong, yeah. they're tall, I'm not. But if I could trick them into doing something stupid, then yeah. I could win anyway. You can win, yeah. So I really just, you know, if you see if you're fighting somebody little, you're gonna run at them because they're little. Well, cool, yeah. I'm gonna knock you out when you do that. Yeah. So I just, you know, learning that being small wasn't that bad was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of somebody called Russell Wilson? Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> if I can meet Russell. Oh, really? You're yeah. gonna throw it back at me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so well, I guess this is a challenge. Then let's let's get it done. Yes, let's because meet Russell and Sierra and, and Sierra too. And I brought up the name because um, you know he was told the same thing that you were being told uh, that you're too small, you cannot be fast enough, and all these things. Uh, interesting enough, David, uh, we interviewed one of the former Seahawks players, and he was sharing something to me which which resonated with me because he was saying uh, people don't understand that you could be in high school and you're the best player in high school. And then you go to college, you find kids who are bigger, faster, stronger, everything. And then the depression sets in. And then you go to the pros, then you find everybody's faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Danielle, what was your experience when you kept moving on from, from one level to the next? Um, uh, as, far as, as you are fighting you all the way up to the world championships. I definitely started to hit growing pains coming out of like my red belt into black belt. I was like 15 or 16 at the time. I hadn't lost a fight since I was like 12. Like nationals, regionals, yeah. it didn't matter. Like I just didn't lose. Yeah. And then suddenly I was losing. Yeah. And that was a really weird and kind of humbling time. And that was about the time when I really started to understand how small I was. Yeah. I was going into competitions and I punched people and it didn't matter. Yeah. Um. And that's really when I was like, hey, you know what? I'll lift because all the guys on my team were lifting and looking across the board, other female athletes weren't and it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I started lifting and I started punching people and it started working again and <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> so so what does failure mean to you? Because um, losing is failure. Some people can look at it like failure, but it's not really failure. But what does failure mean to you? I don't I don't really think failure exists. Yeah. It's as long as you're learning from what you're doing, then you're improving. And even when I'm done competing in Taekwondo, the knowledge I have will teach kids how to fight. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm gone, those kids, some of yeah. those kids will grow up and they'll teach other people the same thing. And just as long as you keep building on what you've learned and what the people before you have learned, then yeah. I mean, what's failure? It's, it's yeah. just not really there. It's, it's just, just not it's there. temporary. It's, it's very temporary and it's just a learning moment yeah, to, definitely. to keep moving. And David, for you, you know, just, uh, having this opportunity that you've had to you know be with your kids and raise your kids and train them and more them and watch them to get to this level what does that mean to you you know it's um impressive i didn't have a lot of those opportunities yeah. when i was a kid i came from a very broken home mm -hmm. and i was moved out when i was 14 years old i was on the streets yeah. and uh you know to see them have you know chances that we didn't you know or i didn't have yeah was amazing and uh, to watch Danielle grow in the sport. And I remember when she was getting ready for Worlds. Yeah. And, you know, the only way she trained was against boys. Yeah. She never trains against girls. Wow. You know, I, I had a belief that if you can beat the boys, you can beat the you girls. Can, you can beat the girls, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember one day, and it was probably a month before, mm -hmm. and she was training. And of course, I was working with the other kids. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm the one going to work. Why not? <laughs> you say that? <laughs> yeah. Why are you not spending all your time with me? And I says. That's the girl side of us sitting in. You know? Yeah. I said, because you're yeah. already ready. Right. All you're doing now is just working out, getting ready for it. Yeah. And it was wow. like change. And, Interesting. Really, and the, whole, really. the whole time before that, she was very uh, relaxed. Yeah. Even with the people that were around her that were on the team and stuff like that, they're all just freaking out inside. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, another event. 
Really? And so the whole thing, you know, it's pretty surreal. Wow. So n- now with uh, Danielle, you have um, uh, you you have a sister, right? Yep. Who is also very competitive. Yeah, big sister. Yeah. And so what does that mean for you to to see her doing different things than what you do? And do you compete? Do you? No, I have like, never I beat my sister you're at younger. anything. <laughs> yes, I have never beat my sister at anything except for video games, but not fighting games. Cause, right. Um, for for me, having a big sister that just was kind of always trying new things and like she wanted to play basketball. She's yeah. five foot even. Yeah. And she didn't care. She went to the Gary Payton camp and killed it. Like yeah. whatever she wanted to do, she just did it. And now she's a running back for the Seattle Spartans. She actually owns the team now being... Yeah. You know, an owner in the women's football league that's up and coming is yeah. just—it's an amazing thing. So anytime I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did something cool," I'm like, "Oh wait, she owns a franchise." And, and she played <laughs> for the Mies too, right? Oh uh, no, she only played. She played for the Spartans and the for Majestics. For the Spartans, okay, okay. Because I know she played some type of football, so I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a few years. Yeah, she plays uh, like outdoor full contact football, yeah. not the arena. Yeah, full contact. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I can't wait for the opportunity to sit down with her because I know she loves to talk. We have to oh drag God, you all the way here. Oh, she does love to talk. <laughs> That's why I don't love to talk because she'd always do you it for me. You have to balance me. yourself. Okay, so going forward, what are you doing to prepare for, for, for the next chapter in life? Um, I'm trying to make one more run at the Olympics, so yeah. I'm just kind of still doing the same things I've always done. Um, we're getting ready to build a new facility. Hopefully, we're kind of limited on space right now, so we're yeah. hoping to build a bigger facility in Kent mm-hmm. and just make it to where we can really have everything we need for our young athletes that are coming up. Because when I was coming up, like we had a weird little pull-up bar in the corner, and yeah. we would tape the bar to it to do pull-ups <laughs> and then take the tape off to lift weights. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just a facility where a lot of our young up-and-coming athletes can really succeed. Yeah, and I can't imagine, you know, how this would look because, you know, anybody who's been to your gym, you know, that's an Olympic size gym. <laughs> I, I remember the first time when I walked in there, for the record, you know, Danielle, you played a very, very, both of you, a very significant part of my life because you helped me raise my child, who's 14 years old now, and you're with Tandy for years. And and that impact of discipline through sports, you know, um, really shaped to what people see today. Because a lot of people say, oh, my goodness, she's a, such a great kid and stuff like that. And I'm like, only if you knew how far we've come. <laughs> how far we've come. But she, she's very, very, very dear to your heart and, and vice versa for her. You know, she, you know, just uh, this, this morning when I was saying I'm coming to meet up with you guys and she was mad at me because I didn't tell her that I was coming to meet up with you on time. And I said, you know, I don't have time. I got to go. You know, you'll see them next time. So so that was uh, that was an amazing opportunity for me. Uh, it was my first time to really get exposed to Taekwondo, you know, and uh, just to watch you work out and, and really instruct other kids. That was amazing. You know, so from 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 the, the gym itself, you know, um, what are some of the kids that have come out of the gym done? Because I know they've done amazing stuff. We've we've had uh, a number, especially our, our original team. We started mm-hmm. in this uh, five thousand square foot metal building with no insulation, cold right. water, one bathroom, so right? And all we were was a competition team, right? And uh, almost every one of those kids has made some kind of U.S. Yeah. national team. That's amazing. And it was phenomenal, especially for for me. I didn't grow up in the sport. Yeah, football, baseball, basketball. That was it. Yeah. And I was able to take what I had learned in those sports and realize that all sports are the same. Yeah. You know, you've got certain things you need to work on. Um, and so we did that. And, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, has worked out. And I think because I, te- I treat the kids like they're athletes. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. You're an athlete. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter what sport you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Not and, and convince them, you know, that mentally you've got to be tough and you've got to understand what's going on. And, uh, you know, we've basically started our whole program over because yeah. all my athletes got older. Yeah. Although I went and watched. Oh, yeah, one, absolutely. Yeah. Although I went and watched one of them last night in his MMA fight. He hadn't fought in a couple of years, incredible. came back and he, he won. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, we've got a bunch of new kids coming up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my, with me being injured in firefighting, I don't do any, tradi- I can't teach traditional Taekwondo. I can't yeah. do any of that stuff. My only hobby left, I can't play golf anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so my only hobby left is to, you know, give the kids, you know, that are doing competition, you know, I coach them and I do things like that. I, I have a trainer now that we come in and do that because I can't do anything. So it's, it's strictly yeah. my hobby. Yeah. Um, but we've, you know, we've got a whole new group of kids yeah. coming in. Um, I, you know, since Danielle became, you know, a member uh, or competing for Ghana, mm-hmm. it's kind of given me a different outlook yeah. towards um, African athletes yeah. that have moved here because they only know of one sport, and that's called soccer. It's called soccer. And it's called and football, actually, over there. Yeah. Football, sorry. Yeah. And, and even, even yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, the Ghanaian, I mean, that's mm-hmm. all they, you know, we went to a few events for yeah. the Ghanaian, Ghanaian people, and we've tried to, you know, give these kids an opportunity because they've moved to this country because they've had it very difficult in their country. They're trying to find a way out and you know, they can come here actually. And at our gym, I'm a big believer in, you know, if you like this sport and you want to do it, Mm-hmm. you can compete for your, your home country absolutely, and yet train here in a facility that you would never have the opportunity to, to yeah, access. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at in, you know, yeah. this whole thing now is trying to find these new kids, give them an opportunity yeah. to compete in an Olympic sport. Yeah. It's like uh, life has come full circle for you. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you, you, you came from a background that was very humble and you get the opportunity to um, live a life through yourself and also through your kids. And, and I think that's that's a full life that anybody yeah. can ask for, you know. Yeah. And uh, as we conclude, Danielle, you know, what does it mean for you? Because you come from a mixed family, right? Yes. A- and you had to, you know, chuck down and, uh, you know, follow your roots and chuck down, you know, where you came from, really. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit briefly about uh, how that came to happen. Um, when I was a kid, I just, I don't know, I didn't really notice I was mixed. Yeah. And then when I was a teenager, um, when we started training with the guys I train with currently, right. they all had like this really big like Filipino pride. Yeah. Like they were Filipino, they wore the jackets. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't yeah. got that. Yeah. <laughs> so then after I won Worlds, yeah. when I came back and mm-hmm. I was just kind of taking a step back from the U.S. national team, deciding what I wanted to do, I was like, you know what? I want to see who I am like all the way around. Mm-hmm. Like I know this side of the family. I know these things. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really I mean, a lot of computer work that mostly my dad did. But um, being able to find all that and then finally go back to Ghana and experience that life and hopefully be able to influence their Taekwondo team and get some of their athletes up here training and just continue that development, it's it's been huge for me. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, You're being an African-American. It's a a great responsibility. Uh, You have a lot of people, young kids, looking up to you uh, without hope uh, and some of them even thinking, you know, I wish I could be in her shoes, you know, with the struggles and the success, a lot of success that you've had, what could be your last word to encourage just any kid that looks like you that aspires to be you one day? When you find the thing that you love, regardless of what anyone tells you, whether it's a sport or studying or whatever field that you choose, like my nephew wants to be a YouTuber and I'm like, be a YouTuber, bro. Like if that's what you love, do it. Yeah. When you find your thing, like don't listen to anybody, just it's your thing and just do it. Just do it. Okay. 
Very well said. David, now, what would be your words of encouragement to fathers out there, like myself, who has daughters, <laughs> and, 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 you know, trying to find that balance? Because, you know, young ladies, they have <laughs> different way of <laughs> looking at life, right? They look at life differently compared to boys do. And you don't know that side of, you know, life because you, you have girls, obviously. But yeah. what would be your words of wisdom to fathers to love their daughters? And what, what can we do to be more involved? <laughs> Have a good wife. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, and that's, yeah, I know it, it is. You know, yeah. you, you, um, you got to just make sure that you right. support them in what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think what they're doing is not the right direction, then you have to sit there and say, hey, that's not the right direction. Yeah. And we're going to change it. And you have to support, you know, you have to give them a reason to change. And, you know, I'm lucky because my daughters were into sports. I'm a huge sports person whether someone ends up being really successful in sports Mm -hmm. or whether they just have the opportunity uh to play it yeah because i think it teaches you to be a better person right and i think that uh you know there's all kinds of sports out there yeah and you know so you know try and get your kids involved with that try and keep them healthy support them in that give them a reason to do it yeah not just because you want them out of the house or you want somebody else to raise your kids because unfortunately we live in a world where that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, people are busy. Yeah. And so, you know, it doesn't take a lot of support. Yeah. But it does take support. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the biggest thing. You know, yeah. that's what keeps our kids out of trouble. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, even with the kids that I've coached through the years, they become your kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and I remember, you know, dealing with a lot of the problems that yeah. they were having and trying to keep them out of trouble and, and you know, spending I hate to say it, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars yeah. on these kids because I knew, well, I knew yeah. that if they kept busy, yeah. they could, they would turn out to be good kids. Absolutely. If we let them just do what they want and run, you know, yeah. free, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people in this world that yeah. will change them. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so you got to, you got to support your kids, do the best way they can. It doesn't matter whether they're boy or girl. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you have to support them and give them opportunities. Absolutely. present things for them and then they'll you know yeah. if everything works they'll out they'll come around yeah. yeah Danielle my friend it's good to see you yeah it's good to see you and you know obviously one important thing that I wanted to talk about you know obviously you know I'm from Africa and I could not tell you how happy I am that you, you took that opportunity a lot of African Americans wish they could be in your shoes yeah. to just even be on the motherland to touch the ground to walk on that ground you did that you know uh, what you learned in Africa as far as opportunity and, and people just not getting access to things that, that we do over here in the United States, you know, how has that affected you or humbled you in a way, knowing, you know, how other people live in other countries? Obviously, you've traveled the world, yeah. not just Africa. You've been all over the world. But wh- what does that make you feel, you know, uh, when it comes to appreciating things that you have and what you don't have? I think it really just traveling because I started, I made my first national team when I was 15 and yeah. starting to travel and see the world. I just really realized that I had been really blessed and given a great opportunity Yeah. and that wasting that just seemed really shameful to me. Right. Like knowing that I had the opportunity and the funding and the support of my parents and my sister to just go out there and do my thing. I was like, why wouldn't I try my hardest Yeah. when I see these kids that are born with nothing and they're still out there trying their hardest. Like when you see a kid that's living in extreme poverty and they're like pumped because they're playing with a soccer ball. Yeah. Like handmade how, how soccer can, ball. Yeah. Like handmade. How can you be upset? Their right. ball's made out of like trash. Like yeah. how can I be upset when I get to play football with the yeah. kids in the gym? Like you have to enjoy the things that you have because honestly, if you're here at all, you're super blessed. 
Oh, very well said, Danielle. Uh, you have a couple of medals there. Very, yeah. very, you know, exquisite looking. You know, like, tell us a little bit about that. I want to leave on a, on a good note because, you know, you're getting all emotional and stuff. But I know, right? <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about those two medals right there. Uh, this is the one from the World Championships oh in Copenhagen goodness. in 2009. Yeah. It's usually under lock and key, but we brought it out today. Uh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I actually lost it. You, yeah. you what? Yeah, I won it. Yeah. And I had to go, like, to do drug testing to do the pee test. Yeah. And I put it in my back pocket, and then we went back to the hotel, and all my friends were, like, super happy in, like, party mode, and it yeah. fell out of my pocket behind a chair, <laughs> and my roommate found it, like, six it's hours later. And story. I was trying not to tell anybody. Yeah. They were like, oh, where's your medal? I was like, oh, I put Did it away. It oh, my parents. No. <laughs> I just now heard that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, this is new. I was like, oh, my parents have it. And then my roommate, Talina, she was like, yeah. is this yours? And I was like, you didn't win a medal. Yes, it's mine. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was oh bad. I really owe her, though, for finding it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that one? Uh, this is the one from the Olympic qualification tournaments. It was actually the second, first, second medal I won fighting, representing Ghana. Um, yeah. And that one was really special to me. Like, I didn't qualify for the 2016 games there, mm-hmm. but being able to be with the team in that situation yeah. and actually all the fighters that were there had a really good showing and it was one of the best showings that Ghana's had. Yeah. And that was, it was special to be a part of that team. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say this because, uh, you know, we've been in connection with the, with the Ghanaian embassy, obviously through the African union. And, uh, we, your, your story is, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing all the way around David. And, and, and so we want to make sure that, um, you know, the reason why we exist with this small podcast here is to create opportunities for people. Like your story is, is amazing. And for you to end up fighting for Ghana, you know, there's a pride that goes with that, you know, and, and there's certainly a, a responsibility that goes with that as well. So we're going to continue supporting you. And this is home for you. You know, anytime Thank you want to you want to come here and um, do something, you practice know, talking. practice talking. You don't like to talk, but we're going to drag you here. Just, I don't know. We're going to have to trick you, put some cake and say it's somebody's oh, birthday or something. Oh, if there's cake, you know? I will be here. <laughs> It's an easy so, trip. so David, I want to thank you for creating this moment uh, and you. making sure that Danielle is here. Um, we know you guys are busy, and uh, we can't wait to talk to Nikki next time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah and, she, and, she and loves to talk. And, and thank you and for she, well, she's really good. Oh yeah, she's good. <laughs> and both, of, I mean, all of you guys can talk. It's just a question of like Danielle. You just have to like drag her off the chair. You know, get her off the computer from the video games and all that. You so know, good. so you know. But I want to thank you both for being here. And uh, it's really an opportunity for us to, you know, get a chance to talk to you. And I want to give you a chance to say any last words, Daniel, uh, uh, David, for you. And then we end with Daniel, please. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, I since you know she got her dual citizenship with yeah. Ghana, mm-hmm. you know, which to me is Africa. Right. You know, I think that you know, I would like you know people to realize that hey, you know, there's another sport out there. There's a sport that can can help them, mm-hmm. teach them a tremendous amount of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's out there for them. They just don't know about it. Yeah. And, you know, um, bring your kids down to our school. Let them, you know, Absolutely. let them see what's going on and everything else because it's just something that's uh, so different. And I think it's a great opportunity for kids with that African heritage mm-hmm. to realize that you can do a sport. Mm-hmm. And then you can represent your country. Absolutely. And that that's huge. You know, yes, they left because things are really difficult there. Yeah. But that's their home. Yeah. So why not have a chance to represent it in, in some in you know, some fashion? fashion yeah. yeah, and and a lot of these African kids are very athletic, and I'm yeah. so excited for you guys to come and take a tour any Saturday um, when the kids are here from you know different parts of Congo. They grew up in different parts. Some of them actually were in Ghana and Tanzania and Zambia and all that because they were spread out because of what happened in their home country. 
So I, I think that would be a, a very, very good opportunity for us to create, you know, to come, for them to come and take a tour. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting because, you know, yeah. we've been to Africa now several yeah. times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I, I it's a tough place to live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, and I think that, you know, like I say, the kids have come, you know, parents have moved their kids here to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And so let's take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Danielle, lastly, what would you like to say, my friend? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, just if there's any kids, especially if your kid is just like wants to be a Ninja Turtle or a Power Ranger and destroying mm-hmm. your house, that's what happened to me. Like, yeah. my parents are like, you have to stop kicking things indoors, go yeah. to a gym, and I'm a world champion. So bring your kids. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to end it right there because we don't want to create kids uh you know kicking stuff we want to bring them to you so they can continue growing so i want to thank you both thank you for being here god bless you and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you again this is davis live from part of the podcast of channel A TV. i'm so excited god bless you david thank you so much for the opportunity thank you take care of yourselves 